0: Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make for a Beautiful podcast. My fourth son's name is not Joseph, even though he goes by Joe. His name is Jonadab, which he's the only Jonadab I know. (laughs) And the story of his name is, to me, beautiful and pertinent in this season. So, back in the days of King Ahab, the very, very evil king of Oh, Israel, he uh, was doing bad things. And then after he died, his wife Jezebel was alive yet for quite a while longer. And at one point, we learn about her downfall, that the military commander Jehu drove his chariot up to the palace along with uh, his friend Jonadab, who was in the chariot with him, and Then eunuchs up with Jezebel threw her down out of the upper room and she perished. So that was the end of her. And in the way that I would reconstruct this story, I think you have this sense of like, here's Jehu. He's fed up with how evil the Israelites have been. And so he's ready to bring about change. Except that what happens is that he very quickly goes along with all of the evil practices that happened there in Israel. So as I would understand this story, at that point, Jonadab looks around and sees which way the wind is blowing. Like this has been a lot of really bad decisions for a long time and the judgment of the Lord is going to come. And so although this is not spelled out explicitly, at some point he charges his children and he says, This part is actually explicit, but he says, live in tents, don't drink wine and obey the Lord. And when you think about those instructions, basically he's like, you need to be ready to go at a moment's notice. You need to be nomadic and able to flee and don't drink wine because it will cloud your thinking process. And whenever it's time for the judgment of God to come, you don't want to be in a drunken stupor when that happens. Is how I would interpret that. So, all of that though, I'm kind of reconstructing just based on a couple of verses, one or two, in the Chronicles of the Kings. So, you jump over to the book of Jeremiah, and the Lord tells Jeremiah, he gives him a really specific instruction and says, You need to invite the family of Jonadab, son of Rachab, to come and have a meal with you and serve them wine and tell them that I've told them that you were supposed to serve them wine. So Jeremiah prepares this meal, and he prepares the wine, and he invites the family, and they come in, and they sit down, and they say, we're not going to drink the wine. And he was like, what? And they said, our father, Jonadab, son of Rechab, told us to live in tents and to not drink wine, and we have obeyed his word from that day until this. And at that point, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and it says, this family stands in indictment against the children of Israel because they have obeyed the words of their father but the children of Israel have not obeyed my words and I'm a greater father and as such they are not going to be destroyed but the children of Israel kind of like there's no hope for them too bad and so when I think about this story it's already a very cool story right I I had read it or skimmed over it in a book I was reviewing some years before I was expecting Joe, and we were looking for a J name, and as I and I was sitting in a church service and it felt like the Lord said, look at the book of Jeremiah. So I turned over page after page. And I think it's not till Jeremiah 35 that the story shows up. And when I saw that it was a J name, I got goosebumps and it was like, oh my goodness, that's his name. There it is. It's very exciting. But what I hadn't really remembered was When they say we've obeyed the words of Jonadab, our father, it's not like my boy's father's name is Phil. It's not something that was 15 years before, which would already be pretty impressive. No, this would be 250 years have gone by since the uh, overthrow of Jezebel and the continuation of all of these rotten kings one after another. So if you think about it from our perspective, it would be sort of like... If George Washington had said something to um, Thomas Jefferson, like, by the way, this country's not going to be able to make it. And that's how long ago. You think about all of the history that's happened in the United States over the last 250 years. It's a tremendously long time. And here they are all that time living in tents, not drinking wine, alert, watchful, ready to get out when it's time. And I say all of that because... It's, to me, it's very precious that there are people who remain that obedient. And there, it's precious that even in the face of Jeremiah, the man of God, telling them, like, I was supposed to offer you wine. Like, this was a specific instruction from the Lord. And yet, they, if they had obeyed Jeremiah, assuming that they understood what the Lord was meaning, they would have missed the whole point. But they had built up their muscle memory of resistance over 250 years of being invited to social gatherings and mocked because they weren't cooperating with the signs of the times. They had built up this core in themselves. Like our identity is to resist. Our identity is not to go along with the flow. Our identity is to be different and to be watchful and to be faithful. And so Lord, I'm asking that in the places where we see things, that are not as they ought to be, that you would give us a backbone of steel to be able to resist the way the culture seeks to bend us. Lord, I love that there's this promise that because of their faithfulness, that someone in their family line, even today continues to walk the earth being faithful. Lord, I'm asking for that kind of faithfulness in ourselves. I'm asking for that kind of faithfulness in the the words that we say and the, the things that we do. Jesus, thank you that, hmm, that you dwell with us and that we get to actually practice this kind of faithfulness. We give you praise, Lord. Amen.